Welcome to Cowan Insights, a space that brings leading thinkers together to share insights and ideas shaping the world around us. Join us as we converse with the top minds who are influencing our global sectors. Welcome to the Cowan Future Health Podcast, uh, part of Cowan's fifth annual Future Health Conference held virtually this year on June 24th and 25th, 2020. Over the past five years, the Cowan Future Health Conference has brought together thought leaders, innovators, and investors to discuss how the convergence of healthcare, technology, consumerism is changing the way we look at health, healthcare, and the healthcare system. My name is Charles Ree, and I'm Cowan's Healthcare Services Analyst. And in this episode, we continue the discussion around digital therapeutics, which holds the potential of a new class of drugs with software as a therapeutic agent. And here to explore the topic further, I'm joined by David Klein, co-founder and CEO of Click Therapeutics, which develops uh, software as a prescription medical treatment using cognitive and neurobehavioral mechanisms to enable change within individuals. Welcome, David. Thank you, Charles, and, and thanks to Cowan for having me today. Great to have you here. And, you know, why don't we start with a little of your background um, and uh, a little bit more non-traditional here than getting into uh, digital therapeutics, you know, maybe tell us a little bit about yourself and how you came about uh, founding the company. Sure. Yeah. Thanks for, thanks for asking, Charles. I'd say 13 years ago about, I started working for a um, biotech finance company, kind of a merchant banking hedge fund type hybrid, uh, where we were really looking and, and in licensing uh, compounds and, and and forming companies around those compounds, and I'd say at the at around call it 2011, 2012, we started to really see a a pretty significant retreat from pharma uh, out of the CNS space, as you as you I think well know that those those endpoints in 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 the studies can be kind of notoriously uh, subjective, right? It's not like shrinking a shrinking a tumor in a oncology trial and uh, pharma was really retreating pretty significantly um, in in R and D from the space, and uh, at the same time, we really saw this this very significant rise in and and uptick in in mobile phone usage. So the you know smartphone was becoming enormously popular, and what we saw with that was that really the the phone itself was was changing people's behavior. So we, you know, pretty much put two and two together and, and, and thought, well, if we, could, if we could really harness the power of the mobile phone and kind of direct that change towards spe- uh, specific disease areas, uh, we could potentially drive clinical and then ultimately uh, economic outcomes using the phone to target specific diseases in kind of a biotech-like model where we would create apps to target diseases and and study those in a in a kind of very similar way as you'd study a a drug. Uh, so in 2012, uh, we created this term called digital therapeutics and founded a company called Click Therapeutics, uh, really based on that on that premise that that these would you know someday potentially be as big, if not in 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 many instances, bigger than a than a drug could be. David, you have a program right now uh, for major depressive disorder that's uh, heading into phase three. Uh, what, what can you maybe tell us about this program and, uh, you know, a little bit of, you know, what you're trying, to, what, what sort of the endpoints you're looking to achieve? Sure. So we, so we partnered our program called CT152, which is an investigational device for the treatment of major depressive disorder uh, with Otsuka. Um, about I'd say a, a year and a half ago in a in a co-development and 
and commercial partnership. Uh, the the program itself is really addresses what is a you know pretty pretty significant unmet need in in major depressive disorder. I think that um, if you kind of look at the statistics out there, um, even by you know within the next few years, call it 2025, there will be a pretty significant shortage of of psychiatrists and and even psychologists and 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 medical students who enroll. Um, enrollment in in psychiatry has 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 dropped substantially over time. I think only about you know three or four percent actually um, selecting the specialty. Um, so the so the program itself is is really frankly a a novel treatment for MDD in patients, and it's delivered through a, a mobile application, so through your phone, uh, that provides real call it proprietary interactive cognitive and behavioral interventions. Um, safety and, and efficacious use actually will be established through an adequately and, and very well controlled clinical trial that is that that will be reviewed by by FDA. And maybe this is a a good way to ask the question: when when you think of digital therapeutics, and you know, and, and it's something that you kind of thought about, you know, quite a while ago, 13 years ago, maybe for the audience, you can help us understand, how, how do you define digital therapeutics? Because, you know, you, you touched on two points there, uh, safety, efficacy, clearly um, thinking about it in terms of drugs, but maybe help us here and, you know, let us know how you define define the term. Sure. No, thanks for, thanks for asking, Charles. I, I, I'd say about eight, eight years ago um, is, is really when I started thinking about the space, maybe, maybe eight and a half. Um, but I, you, you know, the, the definition to me is is and and, and kind of has always been a, a a relatively simple definition, right? It's it's really uh, software that is a safe and effective treatment for disease, right? So it's you know things can often be overcomplicated as people try to you know whether be be included in the space or include other companies in the space, but but it's actually always been a been a pretty simple definition. The the software is the treatment, right? So in right. in my view, when you have something that you know the software might help a treatment or the software um, might drive it adherence to a treatment, you know that necessarily wouldn't wouldn't fit in the category. Or certainly, when the you know software is used really primarily to facilitate telemedicine or or coaching, I mean that's that that really doesn't doesn't fit in the category either. Okay. Yes. Okay. That's helpful. Um, yeah. I want to go back to the the partnership with Otsuka. Uh, you know. Uh, a great agreement that you kind of sound about a year and a half ago. Uh, you know, you know, partnerships with uh, large pharma in particular, and, and it's not just for digital companies, right? I think for a lot of even small, small, small biopharma companies, those those partnerships are can be tricky at times. Um, and we've already seen in this space maybe some examples of partnerships uh, that have not always worked out probably as intended. Uh, maybe um, you know, speak to us a little bit about you know the partnership, how you how you guys kind of came together. Uh, what brought you there, and then you know, how, you know, how do you get comfortable or alleviate any of the potential concerns or issues that that could come around, uh, that could arise because of uh, sort of the imbalance of uh, resources? Sure. No, that's a that that's a really good question, Charles. I I'd say uh, in in terms of kind of partnerships in the space and, and just generally, I think. You know, in the real digital therapeutic space, um, there's only been one partnership that kind of split up, as I as I know, and that would be Pear and Sandoz. I think you know, if you start to clump in some of those some of those other things that are not digital therapeutics, then you've got to clump in the you know 
thousands of other things that have worked great in this space, right? Whether that's uh, flat iron or whatever it is. But there's been, I think, one that is at least publicly announced that they split up. Um, but on the flip side of that, I mean, there's been, you know, now almost, I'd say, a dozen real partnerships in this space. And, you know, whether it's Weldock and Estellas or uh, Achille and, and uh, uh, Shinogi or, um, or I'd say there's Happify and Sanofi, there's Otsuka and Click. Uh, so, you're, so you're really seeing a, you, you know, a pretty significant group of new partnerships in this space that are coming. I, I think, you know, one of the core reasons why we partnered with Ozuka and, and, and one thing that's always important in, in partnerships really is that the, there's a kind of mutual appreciation and essentially value, right? The, you know, company has to value what the, what the pharma company um, brings to the table and, and vice versa. I mean, when, when all is said and done and, you know, you have your deal champions and all of these types of things, it's, it's all going to come down to, you know, is there a real kind of mutual value? Does, does each company uh, really ha- assign a, you know, high value to what the other companies bring to the table? Uh, in the case of Otsuka, you know, we've gotten to know that team um, uh, from, from kind of Kabir on, on down for, you know, years now. I think, you know, probably for a good year or two even before we did the, did the deal. And there was just really an amazing amount of synergy. Uh, Otsuka is a, you know, a, a very significant leader in the CMS space. Um, they're also deeply interested and in, in kind of understanding of the, of the role that digital can play, right? Never, never really looked at it as, you know, a, a kind of additive to the space, but really as something that could potentially be um, not only first line treatments in the CMS space, but, but something that could, um, that there is likely to be, I, I think, even more innovation in, in, in treating mental mental disorders than than even in the in the drug space. And um, it was, you know, we we found that there was a, a great amount of synergy. Many of the aspects that you know, Click doesn't have as a company in terms of the um, you know vast commercial presence and experience uh, were things that Otsuka really really has in spades and has and has, you know, proven success in that area. Uh, so there's, you know, a lot of synergy in terms of uh, therapeutic area and then it kind of click really specializing in what we do um, and Otsuka having a, you know, very strong track record for, for success in the, in the space. And I'd say, you know, to this date, I mean, I've been um, very, very happy with the way that that partnership has gone. I think to your point about, you know, kind of how do you not get smothered by a, by a pharma company, you know, a, a thousand times bigger than you. Um, you know, I think I think it's been a very collegial relationship that that's worked um, very well. I think there's, you know, companies always have to establish certain touch points, right? Whether that's through alliance management and so on, um, and you, you know, try to control that in a way that's scalable. Uh, and I think we've been pretty pretty successful at that. And you know, at the same time, I think you know there's there's a good amount of kind of common sense and and self awareness that exists in Otsuka. Um, so, you know, that, that's been a, that's been a great partnership. Um, I think, you know, as, as time goes on, even in the next month, I, I think you'll start to see more and more of these digital therapeutics and, and pharma company partnerships. 
That, that's interesting. And uh, you, you touched on kind of a good point. Uh, you know, you, you spend time working with the, you know, you know, working with the team or meeting with the team before, before reaching that. Um, you know, it, it, what, what would you say are some guidelines that you would, you would recommend to others in the space as they, as they think about partnerships? Like, you know, what are some of the key characteristics that you think uh, you, you would want to, that they should look for that would make a, a digital therapy or company comfortable that this is the right partner for them. I think in this case, you talked about sure. uh, similar uh, expertise in, in CNS, um, you know, maybe, maybe touch on a few of those. What, what do you think people should look out for? Sure. And, you know, we've, we've really honed our skills here in, in that sense. I mean, I think, you know, from a technology perspective, we, we, we probably have, I think by far the most advanced technology platform in this space. And, and as such, we've had a you know great deal of inbound business development interest. And I think, um, you know, even just one you know meaningful BD deal can 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 take a can take a whole lot out of a small company. Even just the negotiation process, right? It can be a great burden. So, identifying you know a a, a good partner is is really key. And I'd say even early on, um, you know, like like all spaces, I think I think you know, of, of paramount importance really is, is the fact that, you know, you, you have to, you have to understand the value that, that the company is, is assigning to something, right? So, you know, is this company willing to allocate, you know, tens, if not hundreds of millions of dollars to this program, right? And I think that that's key, first of all. So you only kind of, you know, get out what, what, what is being put in, right? So if a, you know, pharma company is coming to you and, and it's their, you know, manager of digital that's, that's kind of doing the whole thing. And, you know, there's not really kind of key kind of therapeutic area heads or, or, or kind of business leaders involved. Uh, and they're not willing to kind of put up meaningful capital. I mean, these are all kind of red flags. Uh, whereas if you've got, you know, 10, 15 people flying over from, you know, Europe for, for you know, week-long meetings at a time to kind of do diligence, you know, that's probably a better sign that you're going to, you know, enter into a meaningful partnership with a, with a company that actually cares. Mm. No, that, that makes sense. And, uh, you know, when, when we think, you know, Otsuka obviously uh, diving pretty big into digital, uh, you named a few other, obviously Sanofi, uh, you know, thought of very, you know, highly in the digital space or, or place a lot of value in digital. Do you, do you get a sense that the rest of the biopharma industry is really catching on to this or is it, you know, right now we're looking at, you know, a handful of probably more progressive companies that understand where, you know, or, or feel like this is where the future is going? Yeah, that's a, that's a, that's a really good question, Charles, you know, and, and frankly, I could go back to when we kind of first created Click in, in 2012. I mean, you know, we just thought, wow, we would create this company, we would prove that our programs work in, in a randomized controlled trial to treat diseases. And, you know, pharma is just going to go absolutely nuts about us, right? So, I think, you know, that um, paradigm has kind of happened slower than we had thought or, or really hoped. Um, but I, I, I think in, in recent years, uh, you've seen kind of this exponential rise in interest and frankly, investment into the space out of pharma. Um, and, and that's for good, good reason. So I think, you know, whereas maybe a few years ago, it could have been more exploratory. I think every big pharma at this point has a you know, at minimum, a, you know, digital division and a digital head, um, but at maximum are kind of going all in at this space. And, 
And what we're starting to see, I, I think, frankly, just just barely scratches the surface. So, you know, where we are now and looking at, you know, the first kind of family of digital therapeutics that are in the process of or will be launched soon or in the process of launching to treat disease, I think what you're seeing now is that is that these these programs are really on the cusp of um, either competing with drugs for revenue or adding substantial revenue streams to existing um, drug sales, right? So, and as soon as you you have that happen, which will happen in the very near future, I think I think you're going to see a a real tipping point here where it goes from you know whether it's hundreds of millions of dollars a year to this in the space to to billions um, and. You know, I think hope, hopefully we'll we'll talk about this new environment that kind of COVID has spurned in a in a bit. But um, I think that's vastly accelerated uh, this space for for a wide variety of reasons as well. That, that's interesting. You know, you, you talk about you know we'll go from you know into the billions here. Do you think part of the hesitancy on pharma maybe rests with watching and seeing how? The, the payer environment looks, the reimbursement environment looks, because, you know, I, I think that it seems, at least to me, at least, uh, and maybe not recently, and I haven't spoken to a lot of payers about it as much uh, in, the, in maybe the last year or so, but there seemed a little be a hesitancy or thinking about, you know, how do we reimburse for something that's not a drug, uh, that's software, um, you know, is that, is, is the payer side of it a big key component to unlock, uh, you know, some of this market? How, how do you think about that side of it? Yeah, no, that's a that's a great question, Charles. I I think the that's that probably has been for 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 a while now, kind of the final piece, right? You've seen you know regulators and a, an extremely collaborative FDA, who you know just a couple of days ago, the, the the director of CDRH, um, you know, literally announced that uh, that that FDA um, is is committed to. Uh, facilitating uh, regulatory pathways or creating regulatory pathways for for innovative um, digital or safe and effective innovative digital therapeutics. I think I'm kind of paraphrasing, but you know, point is that FDA is now on a number of occasions kind of publicly called out their commitment uh, to the space. And on the same side, you've had patients who have been ready for for a very long time, and providers who have been ready too. I think it's you know, somewhat of a common misconception, to be frank, Charles, that, uh, you know, payers aren't ready. I think, you know, some of the early things we've seen happen in this space have been a little less traditional from a therapeutic perspective, right? It's, you know, might be a company that has, um, you know, garnered FDA clearance based on academic data, never really looped payers into the registration trial because there really wasn't one, right? Um, and I think as you, as you really do the homework here, um, it's almost a, you know, that's kind of a lazy person's way out to say, oh, well, you, you know, we don't think payers will, will reimburse because now what you're seeing, and there's been recent, uh, very substantial survey data here showing that, you know, the, the vast majority of payers actually do want to reimburse for the space. Um, but to get a little more detailed, I mean, if you take a, you know, target product profile of one of Quick's products to payers, which we do and have done, um, and and really kind of canvas that space. I mean, you're getting a, a, a very high percentage of the payers that will say, well, if successful in the clinic, 
um, we we will reimburse for this program, right? So I think that you know it's it's been kind of somewhat of an easy way out to say, oh well, we're not sure payers going to reimburse, but anyone who really does the homework uh, will see that actually payers not only are reimbursing but will reimburse. They want to reimburse. They you know, see a great need for this space, and that's actually been, I'd say, dramatically accelerated in 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 a recent history. And on top of that, you're also seeing you know entirely kind of digital formularies like the Express Scripts one um, uh, start to start to gain a huge amount of traction. So, you know, I think that that's historically been you know the the kind of last frontier for this space, but those walls are, you know, have come down in many respects and are, and are coming down rapidly. Yeah, no, and, and I appreciate that uh, uh, more uh, detailed kind of, uh, you know, analysis here and, and, and thoughts on it. Uh, I, I guess maybe to, to expand on that a little bit, I, I guess my, my question was more a little bit about uh, levels of reimbursement, right? I mean, you know, I, I think some companies several years ago were saying, hey, we, we think we can get drug-like pricing. Um, and the question, I guess, was more specific is, are, are payers looking at that and saying, okay, we will give you, you know, drug, uh, you know, biotech or spec-like, spec-pharma-like pricing for software, or because of software, does the pricing model change? Um, and in part, maybe because your reach is so much more, can be more extensive. Yeah, no, that's a, that, that's a great question. And we're actually seeing some, you know, just, just with Clickathene, which is our one, marketed products, some actual, you know, very meaningful uh, value-based contracts, for example, and, 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 and even systems putting the program in as a real step at us. Um, but I will say that in, in terms of pricing, I, I think, you know, payers are really looking to price this space based on, based on value. So the same way they would price um, in many respects a, a drug and in some respects a device. But uh, what we're seeing really, I, I wouldn't go so far, Charles, as to say spec pharma, so new branded drug um, spec pharma prices, but, you know, certainly in the realm of, of kind of primary, a new branded primary care drug pricing. Um, so we are, we are seeing uh, the potential for, for pretty, pretty meaningful pricing power there. Can we talk a little bit more about clickathene? Because correct me if I'm wrong, this one, you don't really need a prescription for, am I, am I correct in, in that? Yeah, that's that, that's exactly right. So, clickathene has more of a of a BDB model. Actually, FDA specifically called out smoking cessation software as an area that they don't uh, want to regulate right. in this way. So, we've we initially commercialized that through Magellan Health, um, and in the last couple of years, uh, have signed up. And Magellan's been a terrific partner for for those who don't know them. They're you know, probably the largest uh, behavioral health insurance company in the in the country, and um, through Magellan, we've been able to enter uh, about, I'd say, 15 commercial payers, um, approaching even, I'd say, 250 self-insured employers. Um, we also actually recently, I'd say about six months ago, decided to commercialize the program outside of Magellan as well. Um, and actually, we have some very, very meaningful uh, uh, partnerships that we'll be announcing in the next few months that we have for Clickathon. That's exciting. Um, so when you when you think about that model of commercialization, right, B two B or you know direct to employers, uh, you know, versus you know your other programs, which you know will look more uh, like maybe like a drug going through uh, a prescription pathway, uh, going with the FDA. 
you know, is one necessarily easier than the other? What What are the differences or, you know, as you kind of consider the different paths to commercialization for pro programs, uh, obviously everyone will, each one will be unique, but uh, when you look at your pipeline, do you see the rest of it mostly going through an FDA path or do you foresee maybe some of those can also follow more of a click a team path? And, and maybe is that just really dependent on how the FDA views programs? Yeah, that's a, that's a very good question, Charles. And it's a, and it's a big question. Uh, I, I, I think, you know, what, what needs to be understood is that really uh, if you want to make a treatment claim, right? So this program is for the treatment of insomnia in adults, or this program is for the reduction of LDL and recently hospitalized, ACS patients. I mean, in order to make a treatment claim, you you have to go through the the agency. Uh, on top of that, I mean, really, I I don't think you know physicians are going to be comfortable. Generally, certainly not in mass, prescribing something that is not FDA approved, especially when there are FDA approved alternatives. Um, so I'm a big believer, and actually have been since since I founded the company. That really the the point of care. Um, is is not going to pivot from the physician, right? When when somebody has you know major depressive disorder um, or uh, you know any of these other serious diseases, uh, really the it's 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 not really the you know HR person that they go and seek help from, right? It's their physician. So I, I think that they're in, incredibly different business models. I think you know going the FDA route certainly is more cost intensive, um, but should be and will likely be you know much more rewarding at least uh, from a from a fiscal perspective, but also from addressing an an unmet need. I think you know that the way medicine gets to patients is through physicians, um, and you you also see that even obviously there's you, you know kind of reasonable examples even on the market, right? You'll have, you know, if you look at kind of the old omega-3s or, or even, you know, fish oil, right? The, the FDA approved version is doing, you know, hundreds of times more um, sales than, than let's say the, the kind of over-the-counter version. Right. Um, you know, so, okay, well, that, that makes a lot of sense. And, you talked about unmet needs, and, and I think at the beginning you, you you talked about CNS and how when you saw that pharma was kind of retreating from the space, and and you, and you thought about the opportunities using technology to to address that area. You know, when you look across the digital therapeutic space, a lot of the companies, right, um, Achilles, uh, Pear, uh, you know, a few others, a lot of them, uh, Cognoa, you know, really going after areas within CNS. Um, very specifically, uh, and and I think probably most people who spend time looking at the space can really see intuitively that that makes sense. Um, there's a um, a lot of synergy with you know smartphones and you know uh, visually looking at something to maybe help in CNS categories. When when you move outside of that, is there a lot? Of, how do you think about the opportunities for digital therapeutics outside of CNS? And you know, obviously we have some in diabetes. But when you think more broadly, mm -hmm. do you see digital therapeutics uh, being applicable uh, in lots of other categories, or or do you see do you think it might just be hey, there's a lot of unmet need here in CNS alone, and there's a lot of opportunities just there? Yeah, that's a that's a good question, Charles. I'd say, look, when you're when you're looking at disease areas where let's say a behavioral treatment is indicated in the guidelines, it's a first line treatment. Right. So you're looking at things like, you know, that are 
mostly in the CNS space, um, that's kind of a very obvious fit for what we're doing, right? So if behavioral treatments indicated as a first-line treatment, but there's obviously limited access or people don't want to go or there's not you know, good enough coverage, um, that's kind of a, you know, pretty, those, those will probably be the first things to kind of um, fall in this space, let's say, or, you know, be, be kind of almost, I'd say, taken over by FDA-approved digital, digital treatments uh, will be very, very prominent. But when you start to look at things like um, migraine or, you know, overactive bladder, where frankly also um, uh, b- behavioral treatment is recommended first line treatment, or you start to look at things like um, could be chronic low back pain, or if you start to look at even things like um, we have a program for, for post-MI, right? It, 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 it doesn't sound obvious, but if someone has a heart attack, um, you know, sure, they, they will need their meds, but probably the most important thing, um, in, in addition to remembering to take those meds and being on the right meds, so of which digital can help, but the most important thing is that that person changed their behavior. So there are these, you know, very substantial behavioral components um, behind kind of, you know, almost, almost every disease. I mean, even, you know, even if that's limited to kind of taking and being on the right drug, but, you know, most of them are, are, are much more expansive than that. I mean, if you look at even, you know, obesity drugs and this new class of obesity drugs are essentially adjuncts to behavior, right? They're, they're prescribed uh, as an adjunct, essentially, to diet and exercise. So, you know, this is a space that's really going to be at the forefront of, of treatments and will expand well beyond CNS and already is. And I think, you know, what you'll start to see, Charles, and, you know, this is when, um, you know, those, those folks who you kind of mentioned earlier who, who are not kind of up on the space will be, I think, you know, we're on the cusp of seeing these programs even, you know, contribute to, let's say, um, you know, increase overall survival in oncology studies. So you're talking about things that are going to be just everywhere. Yeah, that, that, that's really interesting. And, and you know, it, it, you know, sometimes I don't, I don't think about that, right? I don't think it's obvious to a lot of people, oh, you know, I had a heart attack, there, there's a behavioral component, but you're absolutely right, right? We, you know, a lot of things, if we change our behaviors, we can obviously prevent or you know, uh, avoid, uh, you know, certain things happening. You know, I, I, I'd be remiss if we didn't talk a little bit about uh, the impact of COVID across, uh, obviously, everything, uh, that how we're living now. The, the fact that we're, we're doing this uh, remotely from each other uh, is a perfect example. Um, what, what, I, what I think is most interesting is uh, right now, and a little bit tangent to, to digital therapeutics, right, is, is how much there's been a quick embrace of uh, uh, digital solutions, namely here in, in this case telehealth, and and I think what you've seen is uh, how much consumers have uh, embraced it, how much, and particularly probably providers more than anything have embraced it. Um, you know, and, and I guess two questions from that really is first, do you think this embrace, particularly I'd say the provider side, or um, well, probably both provider and consumer, is durable? Like, is there a real stickiness to it? And, you know, how, how do you think that this helps maybe prime uh, the market for digital therapeutics? Yeah, that's a, that's a good question. I, I'd say, you know, and be, being in the business of, of behavior change, you know, I can tell you that this certainly appears to be a, a kind of habit-forming behavior, right? So, 
you've got all the kind of surveys coming out now. In fact, I think just yesterday I saw one across my desk where, you know, 83% of, of patients, I, I believe it was doctors.com that, that I put this out, you know, said that they were going to stick with telemedicine, right? So you're seeing, you know, something that will for certain result in significant lasting change in the, in the industry, in the way that medicine is, is, is practiced. And, you know, that really affects us in a, in a, in a number of ways, right? There's kind of, tangible and then you know some kind of intangible ways so as you the the bottom line is you know digital was really on digital therapeutics we're really on kind of a you know not so slow but you know curve kind of upwards in adoption i i think what you've seen now is that we might be in the same place as we were you know three months ago from an adoption perspective but that curve is now a very steep um steep, uh, um, uh, you, you know, steep way upwards, right? So you're going to see just extreme rapid adoption in this space. And I can tell you, tell you why for a variety of reasons. So I think everything that we thought would happen in, in 2024, 2025, I mean, we had, we had believed or even, you know, I dare say known that there would be massive adoption in the space, but, and that it would trend towards standard of care uh, what you're seeing now is, is there's been a very significant acceleration of that trend. So in the in the kind of breaking out of its box from emerging, um, you know, heading towards standard of care, that's that's going much much quicker now for digital therapeutics. And there's a variety of reasons why. I think you know one, and this goes to the you know slightly less tangible uh, rationale is that really the stigma, the understanding of that a patient can be treated digitally and remotely is now completely dissipated, right? So whereas, you know, and believe me, eight years ago, when I would talk about, you know, treating patients digitally, people, you know, not a small percentage of people thought that that was kind of crazy. And now it's, it's a generally um, accepted fact that that you can treat people digitally, and in fact, it's becoming standard of care. On top of that, you're really seeing uh, payers and and policymakers um, really put in place uh, very meaningful components um, to really facilitate reimbursement for remote patient provider interaction. Right, so. You know, payers and policymakers are, are are moving very quickly to establish new codes um, that are that essentially make kind of remote patient monitoring, let's say, um, you know, services for patients who really um, require extended interactive communication um, uh, more uh, beneficial for for physicians. So, so there's there's a um, environment being created where you know, finally, and these are things we would have, we thought would happen in a few years and, and, and more, more generally, but are happening now, um, where it could be, you know, not only safer and more effective for a physician to prescribe a digital therapeutic, either as a monotherapy or in, in conjunction with the pharmacotherapy, but it frankly could be more, more profitable. Um, so you're, you know, I think if, if one were to you know, design or dream of an environment that would be, you know, conducive to success in the digital therapeutic space. It would be, you know, an environment where, let's say, you know, physicians are spending an enormous amount of time in front of their computers. Uh, patients and physicians or payers are, are comfortable with, 
you know, people being treated remotely and, and through, through digital means and, you know, payers are establishing uh, codes to reimburse for those re, uh, interactions. So, you know, all of these different things will contribute to a, a, a very, very significant and quick rise in this space. So no longer are you seeing this kind of slow slope uh, upwards, but really a, a kind of um, very sharp, I think, um, incline that we'll see in this space now. Um, and frankly, it'll move much, much quicker because of this disastrous pandemic uh, than, than, than we had even, even ever dreamed of. Yeah, uh, understandable on that. And um, obviously, this is probably not no no one would wish this is the way to to get there. But uh, you know, obviously, it has created an environment that uh, is leading us to to something hopefully positive. Uh, as a uh, at least a byproduct uh, is positive. Um, so you know, you know, as we kind of wrap up here. So, so what's next for for Click? Um, you know, I think we started at the beginning. You know, you have a program going into phase three. Uh, maybe is is there an expected timeline on when you'd expect uh, that trial to 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 read out? Yeah, no, thanks for thanks for asking, Charles. I I, I can't talk too much um, around the 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 details there, as you know, that that's a kind of partnered program. Um, and but it's you, you know I'd, I'd say um, I'd say it'll be a you know massive inflection point for the industry when when and hopefully if this program is approved. Uh, I think it's it's a you know one of the first programs, if not, will be the first program for the treatment of major depressive disorder uh, that has FDA clearance. Um, so I think we're talking about a very significant in, inflection point for the industry. That's uh, one of um, several pretty advanced programs that Click has. So as you know, we have our one commercial program, Clickatine, which um, you know to kind of piggyback on the question before has even has seen an even even more substantial interest, um, you know, during and during this whole COVID thing, where, you know, obviously people are are pretty concerned about their their respiratory health. Um, but on the on the kind of um, clinical side, we've got uh, programs for insomnia and migraine and overactive bladder and and cardio, um, all all in different stages of development, and we're moving towards FDA clearance really on all those programs. Which one would you say is next? Is insomnia probably the next closest for you? I'd say our insomnia and our migraine program are, you know, certainly getting there. So, David, as we kind of close this out, you know, and I think you've touched on a lot of these themes, I guess the final question would be, you know, where do you, where do you, where do you see this going and, you know, uh, and the future for digital therapeutics in the sense that, you know, have we kind of reached this inflection point? And if not, you know, what what do you think needs to be seen to really get to that steep part of the curve that, that you were alluding to earlier. Yeah, sure. I, I think we're, we're kind of right at the beginning of it, Charles. So I think that this, this whole kind of COVID thing has been a very significant inflection point for the industry and will, um, the, the kind of end result of that will be a much quicker um, uh, incline in that, in, in that curve than we'd expected before. Uh, but there will be a variety of, I think, very meaningful in, inflection points here. And that, that, that'll come down to, you know, real kind of successful commercial launches and these programs getting to the patients who need them. And as you start to see these programs uh, provide meaningful competition to pharmacotherapies or, 
um, frankly, kind of add, you know, very significant additional revenue streams um, in, a, in addition to pharmacotherapies, I'd say that that'll be the next, you know, very significant in, inflection point, right? When you start to see these programs generating, you know, hundreds of millions, frankly, if not billions of dollars in revenue each, um, that's going to be a very meaningful in, inflection point in the space as well. I, I'd say the one other factor here um, is is really the the technology factor. So, you know, you have your Microsoft and Google and and Apple and, and, and Amazon all kind of you know nibbling around the edges of the space. If that makes sense, I don't think anyone's taking a real plunge. Um, but I think as you as you start to see and and uh, for, for, for a variety of reasons, we think this will happen in the relatively near future. Um, and, and, and those are you know, more than just hypotheses. But um, as you start to see the tech players kind of encroach on this kind of direct-to-physician, um, you know, traditionally pharma space, um, then you'll start, then that'll be another in, inflection point per se in, in terms of capital allocated here. Because I don't think, um, this is an area that, you know, pharma wants to lose to uh, big tech companies. And, you know, the, the, the amount of control that these programs give you in, in a market, right? Let's say we launch our migraine program as a, you know, complementary to, um, you know, any CGRP, right? The amount of not, not only are we, you know, paid, paid per script and, and frankly, is the kind of overall regimen more safe and effective and, and payers can get much more data on, on how these programs are working. But, you know, we start to generate data on, you know, which, let's say, drug is better for what person and, you know, are able to stratify that and maybe, you know, person A will benefit more from a oral CGRP as opposed to injectable and so on and so forth. So, you know, whoever really um, ends up uh, being being kind of the, the big players in the space will you know, also, especially when you start to, you know, turn to real world evidence and so on, we'll, we'll have a real big um, amount of, of control even uh, within many different pharmaceutical markets. So I think that, you know, this is one inflection point. There's probably a couple other big ones. Uh, one certainly would be, you know, vast uh, or, you know, I'd say extremely successful uh, commercial launches. The other will be kind of, I'm predicting um, somewhat of a, of a, of a turf war here as, you know, pharma, as this space heats up and becomes much more commonplace and frankly, you know, head towards standard of care. Um, I think it, it is a space that, you know, pharma is not going to want to cede to big tech. So that'll be an interesting thing to watch too. Uh, yeah, definitely. We'll be watching out for that in, in the future. So uh, I think we'll wrap it up there. And but uh, David, this was a great conversation. Uh, really, uh, really interesting here. And, uh, you know, looking forward to see how uh, Click progresses as we go forward and uh, excited to see how things turns out here. And I really appreciate your time, you know, joining us today on this on this podcast and we look forward to hopefully having you back at some point. Yes, yeah, thank you so much, Charles. Thanks for having me and, and uh, good, good luck with the rest of the conference. Great. Thank you. Thanks for joining us. Stay tuned for the next episode of Cowan Insights.